Hi guys, welcome back to the Once You Do with your host Rahul Joshi. So food and especially healthy food have a huge opportunity, especially highlighted due to COVID. Our eating habits and behavior have dramatically shifted. We have started focusing on our health and wellness, especially what we eat. Today we have a food entrepreneur who truly believes that good and healthy food is integral to all our celebrations. Her brand Homemakers launched in 2018 with a aim to provide convenient and healthy gourmet food for modern day lifestyle. Welcoming Varsha Rajanberry. Okay, so my first question to you is, what was your key driving force to become an entrepreneur? So Rahil, I want to say a few things here before I jump on to how I became an entrepreneur. Uh, I basically have. 20 plus years of experience in the social sector that's my area of work and i basically have done my phd in international politics and which has taken me and i've taken up jobs at think tanks various think tanks across asia and it has taken me uh, across the world you know speaking reading writing interacting etc So when I uh, reached a point when uh, you know you reach your second innings in a, in the sense that when your kids have grown up and you want to do something which is different and uh, but having said that it is different but also engages the social sector in some way I started thinking of two areas which are which I'm passionate about which I'm uh, which I'm fond of extremely and those are my key hobbies. from childhood one has been to travel the world and the other has been food yeah so when i uh, when i started thinking as to what is it that i want to do i would have either chosen anything related to travel or anything related to food but somehow uh, well i want to say at the outset that it's not me alone in the business i have my sister in law my partner my friend uh, anuradha chandra with whom i have partnered to launch this brand and company now anuradha also when we got talking one of the days she is also equally passionate about food and has done multiple courses in catering in in you know making different things etc so basically uh, the two of us thought that we want to start something and has to be driven by passion because it's the second innings and we chose food and that's how uh, the whole thing about uh, you know you know kind of starting something which will give you a vision which will you know kind of give birth to a baby which is like homemakers our brand it's like we've given birth to a child and 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 subsequently have a legacy behind but i would not say that these are all these all were yes are driving forces but i cannot ignore wealth creation as one of the driving forces we 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 thought that uh, if we have something which is our own and our own business then if we do well and if we are serious about it then maybe in down the line in about 4 to 5 years we will start reaping the financial benefits of it too and definitely the financial benefits would have come or would come only when a brand is recognized so that's the reason why uh, you know we we chose to became to become an entrepreneur Okay, and in the start, 
you mentioned that you had multiple years of experience in the social sector if i'm not wrong correct correct so were there any like learnings you took from there into the creation of homemakers so uh till actually um, there were two things which i learned from that one that i learned because uh, in spite of having the passion to travel and traveling the country uh, uh you know maybe before i picked up this job in which i was working with the think tank but the other thing that it exposed to me was was the extensive travel to all parts of the world so right from you know the remotest part of east asia or far east from mongolia at one end to canada us on the other end so so japan china you know and also the interiors of these places which i think one exposed to me to a lot of lovely uh, you know uh, you know you know you know food being a very very important part of that particular area or region's culture so it introduced me to a wide variety of tastes of flavors of food understanding what people like what they eat how they eat what are the things what are what are what are the right ingredients to make something perfect so that was one thing which i definitely learned the other thing i think which i a kind of you know kind of understood that i have to give back now what how do i give back in a business like this so what we did was that we set up our unit in a little um, you know like a basti like a community of bombay where we made it a point that it will only be women workforce working for us from that basti and that basti that community largely has a muslim population now for what what happens is why i mention muslim population here is because one they have a lot of restrictions in that strata and class that they are not allowed to move out of a certain area they can only work in certain spaces and factories now when when the people of that community in jogeshwari realized that two women are running this business and this is what they do they were more than happy uh, to you know kind of allow their you know uh, you know for want of a better word allow their women folk to come and work for us so i think it gives uh, us both immense pleasure and happiness when uh, we we have these women coming over helping us in in manufacturing in learning the art of making some specialized school made products so it's not only you climbing the ladder but you feel happy when you see them growing too so those are my two learnings from okay so earlier from the set okay i have something to add to your second learning but first of all i have to tell you that it's a really great initiative that you have an all women workforce okay so do you ever think that your lack of man's perspective and do you do you think that um that has an impact on your brand for makers as a whole uh well not really uh even though we have a we do have one guy who works for us so because there is a lot of heavy physical labor where women fail to you know kind of they're not able to and we need two to three in place of one so we do have one guy and one male staffer with us who goes who does that but having said that i think um, uh, you know I, i would like to share that um, 
it's you know i mean we both anuradha and i uh, the the kind of business that we are in and the kind of food production and stuff that we make i don't think so that we um, you know kind of miss out on or oh, you know we don't have a man telling us or about his likes or dislikes because we both have families we have children i have girls she has sons husbands spouses friends you know brothers cousins so a lot of other people who kind of taste things people so you know it's not so much about whether you have a man or a woman working for you and giving their com- comments or their perspective it's more to do with people who are passionate about food about cooking about creativity and about taste a man might have more and a woman might have less uh you know i mean interest in cooking food so for example my brother uh, is is more interested in cooking food than maybe you know like i mean maybe my husband for that matter because both are men so i think it's it's more to do with you know how much can you contribute and whether you have that in you to be able to contribute to, to a business like this okay so moving on to my next question usually people would think that you know um junk food has a greater market and many go along with those sorts of products because like you know junk food is enjoyed by everyone so why did you take the healthy route with homemakers you know uh well let me say that it came very very naturally so uh yeah. you know we were like in fact i want to uh, just you know kind of add a little bit here so you know um, before i you know kind to actually answer this question uh, you know anuradha and i we went to a flea market you know and that's how we actually started you know if you if you know if you want to you know so we went to a flea market and when we were looking around and you know kind of browsing and seeing things what's happening around and we saw all these women you know you know kind of selling a lot of innovative products and things like that and 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 we kind of just stepped out of that flea market deciding that you know next flea market of this size and we have to be here now having said that when you know kind of the two of us came back and we started thinking as to what would be what would we be making and and, and what will be the usp of what we make i think it came so naturally to us that it will the driving the three driving forces or the three usps of our brand would be health taste and convenience i think the the, the thing was that we wanted to offer food which is a lot of times health is associated with distasteful food we were very sure that we have to serve an audience which deserves tasty food but healthy at the same time and 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 you know there's another factor if if you see one of our range is a range of millet noodles now for example my own child is very very fond of noodles and but has a huge issue with her gut with her colon and which is due to you know like uh, eating a lot of maida noodle and i've seen her suffering 
and 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 the whole thing was that what is it that we can offer to people which we can offer our own children and 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 i think and i and i think that while it might be at one end very easy to sell junk food because everybody would want it and eat it but i think the space for healthy the space for uh, you know like uh, healthy products natural products organic products is growing at a very good space you know so the, the pace is very very high so looking at the market trends looking at what's happening around i think that's what made us decide that whatever we do will be in that uh, in that uh, you know range or in that scheme of things okay and uh, could you just give us a few details about what makes some of your products healthy so you know um, i would uh, say now coming to our three main categories so one of the categories there is sauces now if you look around a lot of big big brands are there selling sauces it's a very cluttered category a lot of them even claim that they are preservative free or they are chemical free or they are natural but and 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 you know they can you can open the bottle and they can lie outside so you know the the, the thing is that our sauce is a truly healthy sauce because of multiple reasons one we use no chemical no preservative the minute you open a bottle if it is not refrigerated it will go rancid it will get spoiled you will have to throw the bottle so we are actually not using anything number 2 the kind and the quality of the ingredients that go into it if we are saying that we are using olive oil to make our tomato basil then it is olive oil to make our tomato basil or it is um yeah you know a rice bran oil for that matter so i think so for sauces i would say that the preservative free the chemical free the natural ingredients that are being used make it healthy the second category of millet noodles well the name itself explains it is a gluten free category it is a category where we are going back to our traditional grains it is a category which is not using maida which is using Uh, the millets the traditional grains of india which is jowar bajra ragi oats etc so which are so again there is no preservative no chemical no msg uh, you know nothing no ajinomoto for that matter no msg i said that and they are gluten free so it is also suited for a lot of people who are facing the celiac disease so these are some of the things which actually make our products healthy okay So we all know fierce competition exists in today's business world especially in the industry you are in so how would you highlight your company's competitive advantage and what makes homemakers stand out from the crowd So uh, I I think uh, the previous answer has a lot to answer and here also I think what is I think what drives us is our innovation one so innovation in terms of you know whether you call it in terms of making these sauces which are preservative and chemical free one two when i was traveling uh, you know like a lot of countries in europe and us etc and when i used to come back to india and i used to see that we do not have flavored salts here people buy five different things to make one particular dish 
So can we come up with flavored salts which are used for different cuisines? So I think that's an innovation. Uh, so you know the driving force and the, and where we can stand up, up, you know, kind of apart from our competitors. The other thing is noodles. As you know, a lot of big companies are still not making. They have not reached the space because it's not. Commercially viable, probably for them, to make uh, millet noodles. But we decided to make the millet noodles. We are taking the noodles from a snack category to a meal category, a category which can serve both kids and elderly alike, and everybody in between that age group. So I think a lot is to do with the whole health platform, the whole innovation platform, the taste platform, the convenience platform, and those are the offers. And, and we, are, we are catering to a certain audience. We are catering to a discerning audience, yeah, yeah. and that is why I think we are offering we are offering taste in a in, in a bottle. We are offering health in in a packet. So I think those are the factors which you know kind of put us. Apart from and make our brand stand out amongst the clutter, and that's why we are succeeding both online and commercially, both online and offline. Okay, so you just spoke about innovation. Are there any sources for this, like innovation? <laughs> you get inspiration from anywhere to create these innovative products? So uh, a, a lot of things uh, where how how the idea strikes us. now i think a lot of it is on research a lot of it depends on research so there's a lot of time that both anuradha and i spend on research now researching whether it is through primary sources of talking to people whether it is through reading up a lot whether it is looking at shows or talking to people in the market or so a lot of because we don't have the big budgets that the big companies have right where they employ these research companies so it's basically the research that we get from the ground the research that we get so i think that is one thing secondly i think what helps us develop these innovative products is that when we you know i mean when since both of us travel a lot and we have seen things happening around in the world and we keep thinking that what is it that is a miss in india and where is it that we can plug in so i think a lot of it comes from that kind of exposure and experience also and and at creativity i think it just it it's just you know i want to actually say that there are some things which for both she and me it's it's the gut which tells us that this is what we should do and then when we subsequently attend a research or a seminar or you know lots of seminars on food etc and we understand oh they are talking about what we were thinking yesterday so i think uh, you know both of us as entrepreneurs really really listen to our gut okay so i've always heard that customers are kings and it's very important to keep them happy what are the main principles you follow to build a successful customer relation so i completely agree rahil that customers are our lifeline you know they have made us there is i mean they they are the ones who have made us or made any brand today so they are the lifeline there is no greater proof of your product apart from a customer feedback So I think what we have very, very consciously, uh, both of us have tried to do is that we have, you know, kind of reached out to people. We have, you know, how we started. We started through, you know, like little exhibitions. 
So that was the interface that we were, that's how the interface with customers started. Then engaging with them, getting back to them, asking them, what is it that they want? Like you said yesterday, where does, I mean, sorry, earlier you said that where is the idea coming up from, you know, to come up with a product or innovate. So a lot of it comes from the customers themselves. So a lot of, so, you know, we have very, very consciously have this channel of communication open with our customers, whether it is through WhatsApp messages, whether it is through calls, whether it is through follow-ups, or even a simple thing like standing in a shop for more than 30 minutes or an, or sometimes over 60 minutes, watching the customers come into the shop, seeing what they're picking up. Have they picked your product? If they have picked our product, what do they think? Have they come back again? So those are little things that we have, you know, we, 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 that we, you know, kind of, take all their inputs on count, we engage with them, we involve them in the process. That has been like, you know, like some things I want to share here that there are some other products which are in the pipeline. And those products which are coming in the pipeline, hopefully in the next three to six months, are only purely based on customer feedback. Purely. Because they loved a certain set of product that we make in a category and they wanted more coming only from us because they said we rely on you. And also I would like to share that whenever we are, you know, we are selling on Amazon, for example, and if there is a customer who's put in a bad review, suppose a broken bottle has reached them, a lot of companies don't care, but we make it a point to trace that customer, call him or her up and you know, if, if they're not happy or dissatisfied, we try to make them happy and satisfied. And they have gone on and written on record that their customer service is top-notch because we, we take care of those little, little things. Okay, that's great to hear. Okay, so moving on to my next question. For an entrepreneur, time management must be extremely crucial. And I'm sure every entrepreneur doesn't want to just focus on their work and like needs a time out. So, how do you create a balance between your work and your personal life? So, uh, okay, I'm a very to-do list person. So, I'm a person who's, you know, when you're following, when you are an entrepreneur and you've given birth to a brand, so let me be honest that your every waking hour of your time will be thinking about that brand. That is, you cannot take that away from an entrepreneur. So having said that, we still need to give time to the house, to family, to other things, to your own self, to your own interests and other things. I think for me, I'm a very, very to-do list person. Every morning, there's a list made and, and that list also includes that what have I to do for the house, what have I to do with the kids. So I think organizing yourself physically and mentally is very, very crucial striking off things is very important i think another thing is you know saying no there are times when you have to say no it could be either for your brand for your work or it could be for your home or your children so i think that's very important and then delegation i think delegating work and having you know other people who can be your support it could be your children it could be your spouse could be your friend somebody in which you can delegate work and you know kind of fear some you know free some space and some time for yourself i think that's very important and i think i've been able to do that for the last three years now almost 
Okay, so my last question is, what would your advice be to other entrepreneurs who struggle to start out? You know, it all seems very daunting in the beginning. It's all very, very, you know, seems very scary in the beginning. How will we do it? What will happen? Whether or not? How to take this forward? But I think that I, I would divide it into two things. First thing is that always, always keep reading and keep talking to a lot of motivational and inspiring people. Read inspiring stories. I used to do that because there will be highs and lows. There will be issues that you will feel that, my goodness, why, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I cannot do this. I'll not be able to succeed. But I think then you go back and you read a post, you read some you know, like an inspiring quote by somebody or, or you talk to your mentors and all of us who start would always have a mentor, always. You will, should have, if you don't have it, you should look for one and talk to them and, you know, keep keep meeting, keep talking. It will keep reinforcing faith. You will remember that why you want to start this or if that why still exists in your head, then you are bound to take that step and start it. Because otherwise, if you, if you forget why you started, then you will feel, oh, I cannot do it. This is my low time. This will not succeed. I cannot. It's too daunting. You'll stop doing it. Go back. Sit down. Calm down. Listen. Yes, I started because these were, this was my passion. This was for wealth creation, legacy, etc., etc. Then you will definitely, you know, not find it daunting and you will start you will start and I would say you know I mean it's very cliche but I have a feeling that if one has faith in oneself and you believe in yourself you can definitely build an empire it could be an empire of hope of love of family of happiness whether it's wealth or a brand creation okay thank you so much and I'm really grateful that you came on here and I'm sure that the audience also enjoyed this episode a lot and yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you.